to Podiatry Today podcasts, where we bring you the latest in foot and ankle medicine and surgery from leaders in the field. I'm Dr. Jennifer Spector, the Assistant Editorial Director for Podiatry Today. And in today's episode, our January wound care Q&A is with our clinical editor, Dr. Kazoo Suzuki. Dr. Suzuki is the medical director of the Apex Wound Care Clinic in Los Angeles. He's also a member of the attending staff of Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in California. Today, Dr. Suzuki is chatting with us about his point of view and experience in antimicrobial decision-making in wound care. Welcome, Dr. Suzuki, and thank you so much for being with us today. In your practice, what's your algorithm or system that you use to choose when a patient needs any type of antimicrobial? So I have low index of suspicion when I prescribe antimicrobial, meaning that uh, a lot of our patients are older. My average patient in my clinic, wound clinic, is 75 years old. And by definition, they are immunocompromised. It's how I see it. So if they come in to see me with acute uh, or chronic wound with even a little tiny bit of a redness around the wound, I call that infection and go ahead and treat it. I, that's something I kind of learned over my 20 years of my experience. If it looks like an infection, it is an infection. It's a redness just not there just for a reason. And uh, if I suspect any infection, you know, even if there's no redness at all, but, but if the wound is completely stalled for four weeks, six weeks, two months, I think it actually deserves a short course of antimicrobial and see if it helps at all. Uh, again, this is something, kind of some, something I developed over the last 20 years as a reasonable uh, practice. When you do choose an antibiotic, how do you choose, first of all, what type of antibiotic uh, or antimicrobial as far as a cleanser versus a topical versus oral versus IV. And then we can get into how you choose what agent specifically too. Yeah, so topical antimicrobials, I almost never use them. It just doesn't really penetrate that deep. So if the wound is infected, you need the actual PO or IV antibiotics. That's just kind of how my take. Uh, I do use topical antimicrobial dressings. Uh, I actually am a big believer on that. Again, I don't have really good data on that and no, no company that I know that we work with have this uh, except the bench study. Uh, they, but there's a definitely bench study that say take any silver, silver-based microbial dressings. And they certainly have bench data to show that, hey, Hey, doctor, we, if you use our silver microbial and put bacteria on top, it dies within you know, three hours. So that's, that's absolutely, we do have a study on that. My, this is my personal philosophy, is that chronic wound by definition has biofilms and, and uh, bacteria on the surface. Uh, so it is my personal feelings that we should be using antimicrobial, let's say silver dressings to dress with, as opposed to just plain sterile dressings. Uh, that's kind of what conventional wisdom calls for. Uh, I do use, okay, so each dressing costs dollar or $2 or more, uh, but I do, I do not mind the expense uh, using the antimicrobial dressing for chronic wounds. Uh, take one example, I had this one patient, I still remember him, well, I was using silver dressing on this diabetic wound once a week. 
for a few weeks, few months, he was getting better and better and better. Just one day, I ran out of the particular silver dressings. So I used the regular dressing, which is a kind of regular counterpart of this foam dressings. And guess what? Uh, week after that, he came up with a massive infection. Now, this is just an example of one, but I kind of took heart of it and I felt really, really bad about that. Uh, so ever since I do, I do continue to use antimicrobial dressing as well. So when you're deciding exactly which antimicrobial to prescribe, how do you go about doing that? And what role do things like culture play in that for you? Well, the first thing you want to know is antibiogram. So each hospital, each community has antibiogram. That's a, that's an annual report of the basically culture results that they uh, grow out in their lab each year. They publish that. In my hospital, I can go through my EMR, look under culture results, look under pharmacy, and I can see the report every single year. UCLA does the same thing. And it shows more than 50% of staff that we see is MRSA, it's not MSSA, uh, such that basically you have to use something that covers MRSA, um, which means I usually use doxycycline as a first line agent, Bactrim is second line agent, uh, then maybe uh, linezolid uh, by PO linezolid, which is now off-brand and not too expensive, is my third line uh, uh, agent as, as an empirical oral therapy. Uh, now, if you're treating a wound, or if you're treating a wound infection, you absolutely want to take wound culture, and you want to know culture and the sensitivity. Uh, that's the bottom line. I just take a wound, debris the wound, irrigate it, take a clean swabs from the wound bottom and send it out. And two to three to four days, I usually get very reliable, very usable wound culture and sensitivity report. So I usually prescribe antibiotics. I tell my patients, go ahead and start it today and come on back two to three to four days and then we'll readjust. Uh, oftentimes we stay with the same thing. Once in a while I get surprised and I have to switch it out and that's perfectly okay. I am seeing more doxycycline resistant MRSA in my community, which is alarming. Not a lot, but once in a while. So have you had, now that it's uh, off brand, have you had any issues getting linazolid for your patients when you choose that? A little bit, but not too much. I had a few insurance companies that gave me a trouble, but usually not by much. And I tell my patients, hey, worst case scenario, just pay cash. I think it costs like $60, $80 at the most, um, which is not bad, which is not bad alternative to, you know, sending this patient to emergency room to be admitted to get IV vancomycin. That is the alternative. So... I tell them, hey, do you want to go to the hospital or do you want to pay $80 and 100 times they want to choose $80 and just pay cash? So once you've got your plan laid out, how often do you reevaluate uh, the use of that antibiotic? How long do you give it before you evaluate whether there's the effectiveness that you're looking for? And when might you choose to change that plan? Yeah, so I usually like to see my patient in 
uh, two to three to four days in the week is a little too long, uh, but you definitely want to see them. You definitely want to review the uh, cultural sensitivity report with them and uh, figure out, and then you want to see the clinical signs of uh, improvement. Uh, so uh, three to four days, ideally, week is better than never. Uh, sometimes our patients travel this time of the year, so sometimes I have to do kind of telemedicine kind of thing. But if the infection is resolving, patients should be able to feel that and see that. And how do you go about deciding the duration of that antibiotic and when you want, when you choose to stop it? That's also flexible too. It's usually seven to 10 days for skin infection. That's usually enough, but uh, you have to consider the host. I have a lot of patients with a kidney transplant, a lot of patients with uh, all not, uh, immunosuppressive therapy, one or the other. So in those cases, sometimes I have to extend it, extend it, extend it. Basically, I extend it until the symptom goes away, symptom being redness, swelling, pain around the wound. And we're talking today about skin and skin structure infection, wound infection. We're not talking about osteomyelitis because I know that's a whole separate episode we could be talking about. Yes. And uh, of course, for bone infection, you have to extend it. Uh, extend. Uh, conventional wisdom says six to eight weeks. Uh, some clinicians advocate maybe more like three weeks. Um, traditionally, osteomyelitis, surgical disease. They want to take them to OR and cut out the infected bone. Uh, now the, the newer study says that maybe not. You could just treat them mostly with a with a just I, uh, antibiotic OPO IV antibiotics. Um, I go somewhere in between. If there's bone sticking out, nasty dirty wound, and you know like a bone melting, then I'll take them to OR to just clean them out. Uh, but I may be actually, speaking of which, I may be actually maybe a little less aggressive these days. And because, again, the, our antibiotics today is so much better. Let's say when I started practicing 20 years ago and today, there are probably twice the amount of antibiotics available now. Uh, so the choices are, more choices are definitely better. Well, and I think any discussion about antibiotics would be incomplete without at least touching on the concept of antimicrobial stewardship um, and doing what we can as clinicians to avoid antimicrobial resistance and adverse reactions. How do you fold that way of thinking into your practice? Um, that is, absolute stewardship is very important. We have that in our hospital. Um, Interesting, if you look at the nationwide, West Coast tend to have better stewardship of antimicrobial, so we have less resistance. Uh, but I don't wanna talk bad about other parts of the country, but it's absolutely important. It's not so much holding off the powerful antibiotics, but it's more about use what's appropriate. Now there's famous phrase called Keflex reflex. Uh, the story goes, Cephalex was, Cephalexin, that is, was once a wonderful antibiotics. It was great for UTI, great for pneumonia, great for skin infection. It was wonderful antibiotics. It kills everything. It was great for everything. Today, not so much because, not because the drug is bad, but because the bugs 
have changed. It's again, going back to anti-biogram, it, it changes and it will continue to change over the next 10 years, 20 years. So it's really doctor's responsibility to take a culture, number one, don't neglect culture and pay attention to anti-biogram, which is readily available on the internet. And you just have to be mindful. Thank you so much for sharing your decades of experience with us today, Dr. Suzuki. We really appreciate it and hope the listeners learned a lot from your experience and insights. I hope you'll join us again for future episodes of Podiatry Today podcast, which you can find at podiatrytoday.com and on your favorite podcast platforms.